Well, hi, everybody. I'm Larry Jacobs. This is Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio on November 8th, 2022. Thanks for being with us. Today we've got a pretty fascinating guest here for you. I've got Haynes, Hayes, Haynes, Hayes Greenfield. Okay, Hayes is the creator of Creative Sound Play, okay, which is really quite fascinating, I got to tell you. All right, You'll, you can learn more, right? I'll tell you right at the end. You go to creativesoundplay.com. Really fascinating stuff about Hayes' background, how all this works with neuroscience and everything about SEL, social-emotional learning. It's a pre-K program. I think you'll enjoy listening to it, so we'll bring Hayes on in just a second. We're going to archive the show over at ace-ed.org. That's A-C-E-E-D.org, ace-ed.org. That's the home website of our Consortium for Equity and Education. And uh, over there, you'll find everything we do regarding social-emotional learning, uh, teacher retention, this podcast, and everything else is archived over there. So please check it out. And the new issue of our magazine, Equity and Access, which is a darn good magazine, it's our online journal. That'll be up on site either sometime today or maybe tomorrow, okay, uh, over there. So please check that out. You can still see the uh, current issue. That'll be, that'll be archived in a day or so, and we'll get the new issue up there right off the bat. Okay, without further ado, let me bring on Hayes. Good morning, Hayes. How's life in New York City today? Good morning, Larry. It's it's, it's beautiful. It's sunny. It it's you know, it's warm. It's amazing. Yeah, and it's an absolute treat. It's an absolute treat to be here with you. Thank you. It's a treat to have you here, my friend. I've been reading up all about uh, you and what you, and, and creative sound play. It's pretty, it's pretty interesting stuff. And I have to say, it has been beautiful weather here in the Northeast. And I hope everybody. Oh, today's election day. I should mention that, Hayes. Okay, yeah. I already voted. I did, I did early voting, but um, I hope everybody goes out and gets to the polls today. And I hope the weather's good Absolutely. all across the country. So we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. <laughs> Uh, probably uh, over the next six months when everybody decides what, who won what and where and what, what's going on, et cetera, et cetera. It's Nazi time in this mm-hmm. country, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Let's move on to this. This pre-K stuff, this is just great. And I love that when we had talked on the phone, uh, we were talking about music and all that, but we, what you're really talking about, and I really want you to explain this in detail, okay, is sound. Uh-huh. Sure. That's what this is all about. We're talking about creative sound play for kids. And by the way, I want to say that Hayes, you can talk about this, but you, you, uh, you, you worked at, at various places. You've been a musician, et cetera, et cetera, your whole life. You've been all over the world playing your saxophone, et cetera, et cetera. You worked at the mm-hmm. Detroit Music Hall Center. I'm just going to run this with you very quickly. And while you were there, you created, I'm going to read off your website. It's a nice website, by the way. Created a three-year oh, pilot program for Detroit public school pre-K teachers to work with sound, okay, for early education. Then you contacted two acclaimed developmental neuroscientists in 2012. Their names are Clancy Brayer and Sibel Braver, and you put together what you call the Greenfield Method, okay, mm-hmm. of, of, of teaching kids social-emotional learning, helping teachers, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, that's about all I'm going to do. I want you to do the rest. Tell us, tell us what all this is about. And how it affects okay. social-emotional learning at an early age. Good. Okay. So sound is play-based, right? When you make sounds, let's first, you said beginning, which I want to express to teachers, because when I hear sound, most people think, they go, oh, the sound of music, you mean, you mean music. 
And I, I do so. not. Yeah. Are you there? Hayes, what happened to you? Wait a minute. We lost him. I hope he knows that his call has dropped for some reason. I'm somehow for some reason, no, no reason at all from this end. Okay. So Hayes will be right back with us. Okay. I'm going to continue on with this while I wait for him to come back. Okay. This whole thing is really, really fascinating. This uh, Hayes method. Okay. And it engages and focuses children by doing the one activity they love to do, okay? And that is making sound. And again, it's sound, okay? And there's a way to understand this. Go over to creativesoundplay.com. While I'm waiting for him to come back, here he is, okay? I'm, and I'm, we'll do this. I'm here. I, don't, I don't know what happened, buddy. All of a sudden, you're oh, I'm so sorry. I'm That's so right. sorry. Okay. So for when teachers think of sound, they often think of music. And not a lot of teachers have experience playing music and or, or studying music. And this is not about music. I've been a sound artist and I'm a musician. Sound comes before music. Sound is, is a high sound, like a bird, beep, 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 chip, 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 a low sound, like a dog, woof, woof. Sound is long, it's short, it's loud, and what we need to do is just get ourselves away from worrying about music because this has nothing to do with music, and everybody is completely capable of working with sound. So, like if I were going to do a, an exercise with some kids, I might just go, What's happening right there, when kids are doing that, and, and anybody's doing that and giving it back, you're developing your first, you're starting with your active listening skills, which is being in the moment, being quiet, not going on automatic pilot, and listening before speaking. And that's really related to the first attribute of executive function skills, inhibitory control and self-regulation. So just by engaging with listening to sound first, and then when you make it, you're dealing with your working memory and your cognitive flexibility, and when you're doing it with a group, with your social emotional learning, and you're having fun with your peers, all of a sudden a new kind of thing starts to take happen and take shape with your students. So for teachers out there who are listening, this has nothing to do with music. So as soon as you hear a sound and you go, oh, this is music, and you, because I know this because so many teachers have shut down. They, they, get, they, they, they get upset. I said the so, same thing to you when I found out about it before we talked. It's not music. It's sound. You taught me that. Right. Right. It's, ta it's sound. And, and sound is, you know, it's like one of the things that I always do when I go into a classroom is I, I, I like to just, listen to the room and I share with the students that I, I close my eyes because when my eyes are closed, I can hear better. I listen better. And um, at that moment, you know, and then we, we talk, we, we, take, we take a mindful moment to listen to sound and that kind of stuff. And then we, it creates this wonderful 
space and inspiration to talk about what we heard. And this allows students to kind of like think, well, they heard a loud sound, they heard a quiet sound. Maybe there was somebody in the hall, you know, was it an adult or was it a kid? Were they laughing? You know, if somebody sneezes, was it a loud sneeze or a quiet sneeze? And it kind of like begins to give license to children to just listen and hear what's happening. And when they begin to do that, they begin to realize that what they do matters and, and how they go about making sound matters. And when children start using sound and teachers start using them in the classroom and using it, kids start to realize that, you know, with the, I, I, I have teachers who have three-year-old classes who teach three-year-old classes who will um, say that the kids come in and they say, it's too loud in here. Can we quiet down? And these are three-year-olds. Mm -hmm. I always think of this thinking about going like, it's me, it's about me, it's what I need. You know, that's what a three-year-old, in my impression, right? They're not mindful, but they become that because they've provided the opportunity to just listen and relax and hear. And it's remarkable. And the more teachers learn how to work with sound, the more their classes flow like a, a well-oiled machine or a, or, or a seamless ensemble. And it's, you know, it's, hey, it's, hey, I want to ask you, okay, and I find this fascinating, and I do know this is neuroscientific-based, and I want to make mention that you're going to be presenting, aren't you, at NAEYC? At NACI, yes, going to be, I am. which is very important, and also that you work with the National Head Start Association. So this is not some. I, I just want to make people understand this is not some fly-by-night thing. We don't have that on here. This is for real, and it works. Okay, and this is great. And this is my question. I agree with this. Okay, and I agree with the whole mm -hmm. idea of sound, etc. But I don't. And then this is what I don't understand. Why do you position it for pre-K? And also, which I thought was very interesting for people with special needs of all ages. And I think that's wonderful. But it seems to me, even in early elementary grades, or perhaps even in seventh grade or eighth grade, this, this makes sense to me. Okay, because, it, you know, it's one of our most important senses is, is hearing. All right. And I'm curious right. why you positioned it for younger kids like that. And, and, and also just for people with special needs, where I think it, I, I, I think it goes deeper than that. Maybe I'm wrong. Larry, that's, 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 yeah. that's a very big question. And, you know, it can also work for, like, corporate executives to learn how to listen to each other better. So just to, just to put it in a different way. audience, listen to me, folks. Yeah. <laughs> but the reason why I focused on pre-K was um, I started out, with this material, well, I was doing a live interactive children's jazz show, and I started out doing this, and it, 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 I was doing a lot of special needs school, and then I did some special needs workshops, and with some high-functioning high school students, and that started, like, coming together, and really wasn't about, you know, it was about sound, and how to, it wasn't, uh, it was just all about sound, and making sound, and, and conducting sound with each other, and what and then I got a call to do to put this pilot program together for the Grow Up Great Initiative, PNC Bank Grow Up Great Initiative, the one in Detroit. And that was for pre-K teachers. 
and I got into the pre-K scene and I thought, well, okay, this is pretty interesting. And then when I met with Clancy Fidel, well, I'm sorry? It, it is a pre-K is extremely interesting and extremely important, but please go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Right. Go ahead. So then I, I, I started working. I, I contacted, I was trying to get to some developmental neuroscience. I was, I was trying to find out if what I was really onto was really valuable. And I, because I didn't want to spend all these years not making any money, but investigating <laughs> and everything else, you know, it's, it's um, unless I, unless I knew it was real. Right. right. And I met with Clancy and Fidel and, they were able to hook me up. They they saw it immediately because what I had was I had these I had a video of of kids passing a sound around the room with but using hand percussion instruments and very orderly and they and it was just amazing and they blew their minds because it was like inhibitory control to the max right and so they helped me get um, I needed to be in a place where I couldn't be hay centric because I was coming out of my jazzy touch program. I needed to just really focus on what the material was and work with teachers and students. And they hooked me up in a wonderful, wonderful Head Start program in New York called the Lenox Hill Neighborhood House Family Center. Yeah. And the woman there, Marion Brutel, who was the director at the time, totally plugged into sound. She could tell the time of day just by listening to the hallways. Oh, wow. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, it was, it was amazing. And so I had access for five years to their teachers and their students and codified this method. And the reason why I focus on pre-K is because pre-K is, I mean, we all know that that that, that lays the foundation for how somebody feels about themselves as a learner pretty much for the rest of their lives, right? You right. have a situation and you feel like you're, you know, it's your first, it's your first experience in, in, in school with a formal teacher. Why, which is what it comes back to why I say it's not music, is because pre-K teachers are, are, are class to themselves. They're, 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 they are, they're my heroes. And they, nice. right, I mean, they take their work so seriously. And the reason if they get so uptight is that if all of a sudden they have so much on their plate, they're asked to teach music, and they don't feel they love music. They need music. We all need music for our lives. But if they don't feel comfortable with it, they shut down, and rightfully so. <laughs> Nobody's expecting them to understand this language to teach it. So it's right. like that's why you know they're they're the last. I want to be of service to them. So, and in pre-K, I've even focused in the in the most difficult section of pre-K, which is transition times. Right. I mean, everybody, even the most skilled teachers, have trouble with transition. Yeah, and define and transition. Define, please, transmit transition time for for, well, for everybody the way you the way you use it, please. Okay, transition time is you have the kids in the, on the on the carpet, and they and and in, in the, they're doing their circle time, and then we want to get them to their desks, to their other tables, to do something else. Getting them to go from one place to another, and that's a transition. Putting getting the kids to go to the cafeteria to have to walk down the hall to get to the cafeteria instead of just like you know not being focused and walking all over and not having you know that can be very challenging for teachers because teachers they think of you know uh, uh, they haven't looked at transitions in a way that I do so I look at the transition as, as I think they're the most amazing time because they provide, they happen throughout the day, 
right? They can happen every hour. You know, when you're doing, the kids are doing one subject matter and then we're switching to something else, that's a transition. So in that period of time that you're switching, sometimes the kids aren't ready to switch or, hmm. right? They're, too, they're having that's a lot of fun great. or they have, tr- uh, they have yep. trouble switching, right? And so what I plug into is I plug into something that's about making sound or sound making. Sound making is play-based. It's, at, it, it's, you know, kids have more fun making sound than they do, you know, anything else. I mean, there's an, there's an example of a teacher talking about these kids out on a playground, and there was a kid in a cup, and one kid was, there's only one cup, and it spins around, so he had to wait his turn. And, you know, the kid decided to count, and it was one of the people having the night end, and the little kid in the cup says, whoa, 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 wait, so that's too fast. I don't know if you understand, you know, am I, am, I, am I being clear enough? So anyway, what ends up happening is the kid, the teacher who's been working with them goes to the student and says, well, how else can you count? And the little boy goes, one, two, three, four. And all of a sudden, he's cool and the kid in the cup's cool. And then when the kid in the cup gets out to switch, the little, he starts wanting to do it and make his own sound. So he yeah. counts in a different way. And before right. you know it, there were six kids lined up to count. And I don't even think they're thinking about the cup anymore. And the whole point was how to be in the cup and have the time. So it's kind of like... They're having so much fun, and right there is like social-emotional learning, right? They're, they're, they're experiencing the cup. They're not getting into a fight. They're figuring out how to do it together. Hmm. And then it becomes this wonderful, like, jam session, a cutting session, like a, you know, a, 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 um, a beautiful competitive one-upmanship of how to count differently. So there's these, these, these four-year-olds are dealing with their working memory, their inhibitory control, their cognitive flexibility, their problem solving, and then they're hanging out with each other. So it's their social management, it's their being awareness, their social awareness and understanding of each other and supporting each other. So all of a sudden, just by learning how to count and set up the sense of time so that somebody can spin mm-hmm. around in the cup, these kids are like, focus and engage. And think of how that impacts how they work with each other because found is collaborative. It's something that well, you do with people. That's interesting. A whole other aspect of it. Yeah. You, you know, there is, there is a whole other aspect of it. And, you know, I was, I was thinking about this. I was watching Monday Night Football last night. Today's Tuesday. And, um, you know, as I was thinking about today's show with you and Monday Night Football, and I was, they, they keep showing you the stands, the, you know, the grandstands, and the, right. all the seating, and everybody screaming and yelling in a, in a kind of a regulated manner, woo, you know, that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. it dawned on me how – that's not music they're making, okay? All they're doing oh, is making sound, okay? But for some reason, if I may, in some silly way, it, it, it soothes or excites the beast in us, okay? Uh, they, the people enjoy that. I, I do, too, when we go to a game. I make noise, all right? And so there's something <laughs> about that. There's, well, there's you have life in yeah, there's an emotional side, and I think this is the key of what, what I love about what you're doing. There's an emotional side to sound, okay? And it's, 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 it's that simple, okay? And we make sounds, and if we can convert those sounds, okay, into a positive lesson, so to speak, 
Okay, well, uh, it's a great way to look look at educating. And I want, I want you to explain something else, and this is key for everybody. Hayes has the quote Greenfield method of education. It's a video curriculum, and I, since we're talking to teachers, I want you to talk about that. What what's incorporated in that? And again, the website is Creative Sound Play. Okay, dot com. But just talk about the, the quote, your last name, Greenfield Method. And by the way, you're always talking about how it's not music, it's not music. I want to make it very clear that Hayes is a very accomplished musician, saxophonist. Okay? Well, thank he you. He loves music. He's not an anti-music guy. He likes music. Okay? But oh, I love music. Sound, yeah. and it sounds, as you said, is the beginning of music. And I hope, I hope music teachers recognize that. But please... Okay, my son, by the way, is a professional drummer, so there you go. I know what oh, sound is. is like. Believe me, he graduated <laughs> Berkeley College of Music. Okay, but <laughs> but at any rate, talk about the Greenfield Method, which is cool. It's the video well, curriculum the, that's offered. Yeah, good. So the philosophy is all about it's 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 you know you you say sound when you go to the game, it's play based. It's also your you're you're you go in there and it's 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 acceptable. Right. It's kind of like gives you license in the in the in that environment. Right? You're right. You're right. And in the same token that when I did this thing in the very beginning of scatting and doing those funny sounds, <laughs> that begins to give children license. And for children, for wow. example, I'll digress for just a second, but for for children who have speech delay, language delay, I have had teachers say to me now that because they had done the silly syllables, which is phonemic awareness and leads to reading, pre-reading literacy, but it's also about words if you want to have fun with saying a, a, a silly syllable. Those kids who are having difficulty in, you know, figuring out what words mean now and, and were in the way that they were communicating with their students, other students, they were striking out and grabbing. They were, they were having aggressive behavior, now with the ability to make fun sounds, they could communicate and they didn't have to strike out or, or, or be aggressive. They, they found another way. So it was, you know, and it may just be that language for, for someone who has a speech delay, it's just a, a, a period of time to grasp the phonics. You know, I'm dyslexic. And when I came up in the 60s, nobody knew about dyslexia, right? I mean, dyslexia correct. was... That is correct. I went, to high, I went to college in the late 60s. And for to be a teacher, nobody even mentioned the word. Never mentioned well, it the was, word. It's a, it was very challenging for me. And um, fortunately, the first three or four years of schooling, I went to a, a very progressive school where there were no tests and it was like, you know, it was self-directed learning and there was a sense that as a, as a, as a, as a, just being a student in the school, you were contributing to society. And yeah, it was beautiful. And it, it was, it created a, a sense of self that stayed with me so that when I got into testing places, you know, where, where I couldn't, my spelling was, I mean, I couldn't spell. I still don't understand grammar. I, I, I mean, and, and I, and the only way I learned how to write was for years was, was until I got a hold of a computer and I had some very patient girlfriends who knew how to write and helped me and, and taught me. 
and it's like, you know, I'm not hyperbole. I mean, I'm, I'm very passionate about this stuff and I talk in, you know, funky sentences and whatnot sometimes, but it's, you know, um, the method is about giving insight to how we can, through joy and sound, which gives everybody, tell stories, sounds tell stories. They make you feel calm. An opportunity to work with, and, and you, can, you can integrate it with any curriculum, mm-hmm. right? It's not like, like sound's not a curriculum. Sound is a, is a I don't want to say, it's, a, it's, 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 it's not, it's more than an add-on, but what it does is it's like, you know, if you're saying the days of the week with your students and you're trying to get them to learn the, the days of the week, you're going Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, everybody's going Monday, Tuesday. Well, I mean, that's not, that's pretty boring, Right. But if you I break it up in syllables, you go, you go Monday, Tuesday, <laughs> Wednesday. You know, you can break it up however you want. And, it's, it's, and then as the students start doing it, and you, as the teacher is starting to do it, and then the students start to, you know, they immediately want to take agency of making sounds. So then it becomes this wonderful way to have the students begin to lead. And then it becomes this whole other collaborative process where, Students begin to take agency. They gain their independence. So, so transition times that are very difficult in pre-K in the beginning because kids don't like to change. They like repetition. And in here you right. have repetition. Right. Remember I was saying like, you know, the thing is like if you're doing a transition throughout the whole day and you just pick one transition and do it all day until everybody gets it. And then add a little complexity to it. Change it up. And then if you start doing this every day, the kids – will start to take agency and start doing it. And then that helps teachers manage their classrooms better because they don't always have to be the leader. They can start to be the facilitator. And then it's like even, even in three-year-old classes, the teacher, if the teacher's by themselves and the phone rings because they got to talk to the principal or something, she can look to, the, to the, one of her students and say, lead that. And then what happens is when everybody, when, when everybody gets a chance to lead or not everybody, kids will start to talk about social-emotional learning, Larry. This is the most beautiful thing. Kids will say, yeah. oh, she hasn't led yet or he hasn't led. And then all of a sudden when the kids start to lead and conduct, they start to they get a sense of self. And the ensemble, so there's, you have a leader and there's, there's, there's self-esteem being being developed as a, as a leader and also as a good ensemble member. So it's completely this collaborative, it's an interconnected learning ecosystem. It that is. works with any subject matter. You know, it, to me, to me, so it's, it's, to me, it's, to me, it's really fascinating, the, the, this whole thing. And I want to ask you this, Hayes, and I know you've been in, and you, you've mentioned this already, but I want to get into a little more detail. When, when, when you go into a class, what are you hearing back from teachers? Okay, they're your pre-K teachers. Okay, when you go in, you talk to them, et cetera, et cetera. What, what, what do you hear back? What's the feedback? Uh, well, let's 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 now. Is it on the first day I go in, or is this after I've gone in and we've had a couple of coaching sessions? At which yeah, that, point that, are you? That, where they really where, where they really understand it and are working it right. What's the feedback you're hearing? They love it. They love it. And the other thing that they love. <laughs> Well, let me ask you this. Had they thought of it? Had they thought of it before, and were looking for a way to do it better, or did you bring this to them and they go, "Wow, this is something I wish I knew." Uh, no, the- they nobody nobody's ever dealt with it. 
So it's fascinating. I have not found I have not found anybody who has, unless it's a very unique teacher and they've figured out kind of things along the way. But, but you know, no, but, and I, and I got to say this to you. You know, you went to your two neuroscientist friends, okay, and that's very key because for years we have taught education kind of in an anecdotal manner, and it's worked, okay. But we know now, at least we're learning along the way, how people learn. That's part of what neuroscience does, okay? How people learn. And when you go to a neuroscientist, okay, and they help you along with this, they understand how the brain works to a certain extent they do. They're always looking for more, okay? And so the point is when we can apply science, literal science, to education, okay, it, it, it works. It works better. And you, you, you create, I really congratulate you on this, my friend, a, a kind of a new paradigm. Okay? We've been doing well, it this way for, for years. And that has been okay. Right. But there's a better way when we know more. Okay? And we know well, more. Wanna, yeah, and, and I want to say. You took this to the right people. I did. And I have to say that there's actually another thing. Clancy, Bell, and another developmental neuroscientist, Adele Diamond, and it's her work over the last 35 years that has shown that executive function skills are so valuable, have all been my mentors, and I've been able to work with each one of them. And, you know, Adele, who, you know, I mean, it was, it's been a long process for me to get to this point, and Clancy, like, mentored me along, and when I sat down to write, you know, one of the things is is that I heard I heard Adele on um, on uh, Terry Gross. Actually, I heard both of them on, oh. on the radio on NPR, and that and I contacted them because oh, fantastic. Kind of I love it. Oh, that's great. 2011, and then in 2014, I heard Adele, and I called her up, and because um, and the Gross, reason my why Philadelphia background. That's my hometown. Okay, she's born well, in Philadelphia. So, yeah. <laughs> But the reason why is that both of those guys, all three of them, and I, and I have to say that my experience was very special because, you know, I don't have any fancy degrees or titles. And one of the things that Terry Gross asked, asked Adele at the end was said, you know, what do you want to tell your audience? And Adele said, well, there's a lot of people out there who don't have any fancy degrees or titles doing really important work, and we need to be listening to them. So I went, oh, man, I got to call her up. And I called her up. And one wow. of the things that was so beautiful was when I was writing the, the method, I was putting this thing in, in a book form before, before I became a, a, a you know, the curriculum, so to speak, the video curriculum. Yeah. Um, I sent her a copy of it, and she, she, she was kind of cryptic in a way, and she kind of said, well, why, are you, why is this all about EF? And I said, well, isn't this what EF is? I mean, you know, she was able to really make it clear to me what EF is. It took me a long time to figure out what all that is. And she goes, hey, what you do is so much more than EF. Why are you limiting yourself? (laughs) And it was like, that was like, that gave me license. You know, that gave me license to say, wow, okay, this is, yeah. And I've been learning ever since. Yeah, you know, you can put together something great, and I, I want to say this, too. Please, everybody listening, at creativesoundplay.com. That's the website. It's a very, very, very nice website, okay? And, the, again, I want to mention this is being 
offered by the National Head Start Association, Creative Soundplay. It's going to be presented at NAEYC. And these are new paradigms in education. And we got to make the most of this. Okay, we really do. Larry, I want to yeah. thank you for this, but I want to say one thing, because as, you, as you're talking about that, I wanted to bring up, you said, earlier you said, could it work with older kids? Oh, yeah. And you I thought it can. And I, and I just want to put on it, because cause we had a conversation about, that was very informative when we, when we talked the other day, about, oh, uh, you, thank you. you know, I enjoyed it the, the, the teacher retention and yeah. children who have fallen behind because of the pandemic. Yeah. And I cannot think of a better way to use sound with those kids. If we could just get to the point where we say, okay, we're not going to worry about necessarily the curriculum right away. Let's get these kids back to being uh, in, in sync with their age in That's terms right. of, you know, That's their right. level. Then yeah. we could use sound. Sound could do it so quickly. It could be, it could, you could take, if, if a teacher took three, man, three months of it in a third grade thing in a class and really spent some time knowing how to work with sound, because I know we were talking about teachers who were, who, who were leaving because they're yeah. so frustrated. And I thought a lot about this, and it would, be, it would be such an appropriate way. And it's because those kids are more sophisticated, it doesn't need to be all year long. But if you did it with them, like I've done it with sixth graders, and they're like off the hook. You know, they eat this stuff up. There you go. There you go. So, you know, it's, you're, you're, you're gonna, this is a good thing. And I, I would just say, I think I just think it's really important. Hayes, we got to go, my friend. But I, I'll tell you, I really okay. enjoyed talking to you. I loved having you here. This was just great. Okay, and I wish Matt. you the best of luck. And when you get back from NAEYC and all that stuff, give us a call, okay, or send me an email, whatever you want uh-huh. to do, and we'll bring you on again. Maybe you can bring one of the teachers on with you next time. That would okay, be, fun. be great. Okay. Larry, Thanks, thank buddy. you so much for this wonderful opportunity. You're, well, thank you for creating this. My, you, my pleasure in that regard, and thank you. you for doing such a good job. We'll stay in touch, Hayes. Thanks a million. Great, thank Larry. you. Thank you. Okay, buddy. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, everybody, that's Hayes Greenfield. Yeah, that's the Greenfield method, and I'm very serious about this. Uh, I got it down here for pre-K and special ed, but I think it goes beyond that. Okay, this is sound, no pun intended. This is really sound education. Okay, so check it all out. And again, he's working with National Head Start Association and AUIC, so this is good stuff. All right, and it's uh, it it it's it's uh, creative sound play. One word: creativesoundplay.com. Okay, check it all out. We'll archive over at ace-ed.org, just like we always do. My name's Larry Jacobs. This is Pre-K 12 Education Talk Radio. Thanks for listening. Have a good one. Go vote.